Alrighty, God bless once again, ladies and gentlemen. This is Christian Thoughts. Interesting and inspiring topics on being a Christian, but still being human. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Today is Saturday, September 22nd, 2018. Uh, it, is, um, it is now 12.07. We're about seven minutes into it. About seven minutes late, or five minutes late, but ladies and gentlemen, we are here for the glory of God once again. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today is a very strict to the point topic. <coughs> Excuse me. A very straight to the point topic. Today, we won't be beating around the bush, if you will. Today, we're going to straight to the nitty gritty. And it is disobedience and its consequences. Disobedience and its consequences. That is today's topic on Christian thoughts. We'll be reading today out of the book of Jonah. Our Bible base is the book of Jonah. For today, we'll be reading, of course, other verses of the Bible, um, other stories of the Bible as well. But today, our base, our go-to will be the book of Jonah and the story of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 14, and then we'll jump to verse 17, and we'll be starting our commencing prayer. So come with me, if you will, if you have your Bibles with you, if you have your Bibles in front of you, you have your Bible somewhere around you, or if you have a Bible on your phone, that's always good to use too. Uh, come with me to, ladies and gentlemen, the book of Jonah. And the I'll be reading from the New King James Version, the NKJV today. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 14. And as I said, we'll be skipping after 14 through uh, the through 2, excuse me, to verse 17. And it says, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Ami, Amittai. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come before me. But Jonah arose to flee Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Right there is his disobedience. Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Let us start our commencing prayer and then we'll continue. Dear God, we give you thanks. Dear Jesus, we give you thanks. Lord, we ask God once again that you continue to bless us, that you continue to give us word, that you, God, may use me as a speaker and you hold the microphone. You use me the way you want, me, want to use me, Lord. We thank you for this day. And as I always like to say, we will rejoice and be glad in it. As your word says, we ask God that everyone who listens, that everyone who watches, may they be blessed by the word, may they be blessed by the topic, may they be blessed, God, by everything around it. God, that they may learn something new of your word, that they may learn something new of your word, of your Bible, God, that you created, that you wrote, uh, using your servants, of course. For your glory, God, we ask that everyone who listens may they be blessed in some kind of way and may they learn something new. In Jesus' name we pray and we give you thanks because we know it is done. Amen and amen. All right. So, we just read Jonah 1, verse 1 through 3, and now we will go to verse 4. 
It says, But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down, and was fast asleep. Hmm. How can you sleep through that? I don't know. <laughs> but the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that may, we may not perish. They said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and they lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Please tell us. Whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people of what people are you? So ladies and gentlemen, they were afraid for their lives. A storm that basically came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. The, God, the, the Lord, ladies and gentlemen, our God, sent this storm over the ship. Where Jonah was, and the and the 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 sailors were very afraid. The mariners were very afraid. They cried out and cried out to all their gods, ladies and gentlemen. They cried out to all their gods, and they were wondering what is going on, and so they decided to cast out whoever. Was the cause of this. Check this out. So in verse 9. He said to them. I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord. The God of heaven. Who made the sea. And the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid. And said to him. Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled. From the presence of the Lord. Because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to him, He said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, then the sea will be calm, will become calm for you. For I know that this is the, this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. For the seeds continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea seized from its raging. Do you see what ha what, what's going on here, ladies and gentlemen? Do you see what happened? The 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 temp the temp the tempest of the sea, ladies and gentlemen, the tempest, the storm, ladies and gentlemen, that the Lord brought onto that ship was so great, so grand that it had to fall on somebody. And it fell on Jonah because of him trying to flee and disobey the Lord. And the men realized that. The men had their other gods, but they realized who God was when they saw that great storm. They realized who God really was, who God, who or how much power God has, the God of the creator of the heavens and the earth, ladies and gentlemen. Not just any God, we're talking about God the Father. The men feared the Lord after that, the Bible says. The men feared the Lord when they threw, when they threw Jonah into the sea and the, the, the tempest calmed down, the, the storm went away and the sea stopped raging. They saw that what Jonah had said was true. They saw that what Jonah had said, ladies and gentlemen, was true, that they, all they had to do was throw him into the sea and the 
the sea would calm down. And they saw that. And after that, the Bible says in verse 16 that they feared the Lord and that they gave him sacrifices and vows. They, they, they took vows and they, they made sacrifices to the Lord. Verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Praise Jesus. So what happened to Jonah? Where was Je Jonah's disobedience, ladies and gentlemen? Where was Jonah's disobedience? Right in the beginning. When he had decided not to go to Nineveh, and he decided to take a ship, excuse me, to Tarshish, trying to flee, trying to run away from the presence of God, forgetting that God was everywhere. Forgetting that God could find you in the most famous of hiding places. In the most hardest of hiding places. God sees you. There's no hiding from God. When God has called upon you, ladies and gentlemen. When God calls you, and I know this from experience. When God calls you, there's no running. When God calls you, there is no hiding. When God calls you to do something, He calls you and no one else. When He sticks to you, when He says, ladies and gentlemen, that it's going to be you to do this, to do that, to preach, to sing, to do whatever He told you to do, when it sticks to you and it's only you, there is no hiding, there is no running because God will find you from the most deepest places. And he will tell you, I chose you, not somebody else. Santo de Dios, you are worthy of praise, Jesus. Jonah was the one that God chose to speak, to preach towards Nineveh. To preach in the city of Nineveh, ladies and gentlemen. God chose Jonah, no one else, to preach to Nineveh. And when he decided not to go, he said, I'm not going to go. Because he knew God. He knew God was merciful. That's why he didn't want to go. He knew God's mercy was a going to be upon them. Jonah disobeyed God because he knew God was merciful. If you don't believe me, read it again. Read the whole story. Because God was merciful. That was one of the reasons he didn't want to go to Nineveh, ladies and gentlemen. Because he knew God. If, he, if Jonah would have preached, he said, he, he thought to himself, if I preach, if I preach to this land, the city of Nineveh is going to repent and God's going to have mercy. And they don't deserve mercy. He said that to himself. He thought that to himself. Remember. Remember after Jonah. After he preached to Nineveh. Ladies and gentlemen. He waited outside the city to see. God's wrath. He wanted to see the action. He wanted to see the destruction. He waited outside the city of Nineveh. To see the destruction of Nineveh itself. But it made Jonah very angry, the Bible says, when he saw nothing happen. When he saw, ladies and gentlemen, that he had mercy, that God had mercy on them like he knew he was going to, he got angry. He got angry at God. <laughs> Don't we do that sometimes? We get angry at God like if we know God better than he does. Like if we know, ladies and gentlemen, better than God, we get angry at God when God doesn't do what he said he's going to do to somebody or to something. No, ladies and gentlemen. Because what did God say to Jonah? After he, brought, he, he created that tree to, to, uh, to, to, to shade Jonah and the worms and the... And the the worms and the termites, ladies and gentlemen, ate that tree. And the tree was no more the next day. 
And it made Jonah even more angry. Angry enough to die, the Bible says he was. Angry enough to die. Read it. It's in there. The book of Jonah. Angry enough to die, he says. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what did God say to Jonah after that? And I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to paraphrase here. God says, who are you to become angry, to become mad at the fact that people you did not create, I had compassion on? Who are you to become mad at people you did not create? Who are you to become mad at me when you didn't create the people, when you didn't have compassion? Wasn't I the one that created the people? Wasn't I the one that created this city? Wasn't I the one that created that tree that shaded you for that night, for that day? Angry enough to die, you say, he says. God says to Jonah, angry enough to die, but who are you to say whether people live or people die? Who are you uh, to say that I should have wrath or anger against the city? I'm God, not you. That's what God was saying to Jonah. You cannot get mad at me for having compassion, he says, and mercy on a people you did not create. That was Jonah's disobedience. The Jonah, Jonah's disobedience, ladies and gentlemen, the consequence was being in a fish for three days and three nights. Disobedience. The consequence. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, your disobedience, this is what the story is telling you. Your disobedience doesn't only affect you, it can affect the people around you. That's what the story is saying. Jonah's disobedience affected, ladies and gentlemen, the people around him. Jonah's disobedience, Jonah's trying, Jonah, uh, Jonah's attempt. There was, there's the word I was looking for. There was Jonah's attempt to run from the presence of God. Jonah's attempt to disobey God and run away affected the mariners, the sailors on that ship. Affected the mariners, the, 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 the sailors on that ship. It affected the entire ship. Because that storm didn't only go on top of Jonah. That would have been something if it only went on top of Jonah. But your disobedience, our disobedience doesn't only affect, ladies and gentlemen, not only does it affect us, but the people around us. Others suffer for our disobedience. This world suffers for our disobedience. Why? Because God is trying to teach us when you disobey, not only do you have a consequence, but your consequence affects everyone else. So, Jonah's disobedience, the consequence, it affected, it, it brought a storm, and then it brought a great fish. The Bible says fish, not whale. A great fish. To swallow Jonah. That was Jonah's disobedience. Now when we talk about disobedience. Ladies and gentlemen. When God wants us. To do something. God wants it exactly the way he told you. Not less. Not more. We're talking about. Not. Doing exactly what God had told us right to the detail. When God says for us to do something, he wants us to obey every little detail, not just some. I see, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Come with me to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 
Come with me to ver- to First Samuel, chapter fifteen, ladies and gentlemen, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Chapter fifteen, verse one: the story where Saul spares King Agag, or Agag. Agag. A jag. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce that. But where he spares the king. Now listen to this. Another disobedience from God. Because again, I said it. You don't only disobey when you don't do what God says. When you try to do a little bit of what God says, but not everything, that's disobedience as well. When you try to obey some of what God says, but not everything, that's disobedience as well. That's why I say that, ladies and gentlemen, we need to obey every little detail that God tells us to do. We need to do it. We need to obey every detail. And you'll see what I'm talking about. 1 Samuel 15, verse 1 um, through... Um, it says in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it says, Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, and how he ambushed him On the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek. And utterly destroy all that they have. And do not spare them. Listen to this. Do not spare them. That's one. Two. Kill both man and women. Infant and nursing child. Ox and sheep. Camel and donkey. In other words, God was saying, kill everything that you see. Kill everything you see. Take off everything you see. Do not spare anything or anyone. That's two. First, he says, do not spare them. Do not spare Amalek or their people. That includes the king. Two, he says, do not Spare any woman or man, infant, child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. That's two. But listen to what Saul said. I mean, listen to what Saul actually did. It says, Saul gathered the people together and numbered them and tell them 200,000 foot soldiers, and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart, get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from the Amalekites, and Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive. Disobedience. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the and the people spared a gag, and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to destroy them. Disobedience too. So not only did he disobey the first time, he disobeyed the second. Because God said, don't spare anyone. Do not spare them, he said, and kill everything including the lambs, the sheep, the oxen, the camel, and the donkey, and everything else. But what did they do? 
they spared they spared the lambs the fatlings the oxen and agag the king and all that was good but everything else despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed now listen to what god says to samuel this is where you see the disobedience ladies and gentlemen I hope I'm coming in clear because this is very, very important. It says, The word of the Lord came to Samuel, verse 10, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told, Samuel saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself, and has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gigal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. This is us sometimes. This is us sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. We think that we did exactly what God wanted us to do. When we do some of what God wants us to do, we say, oh, we obeyed you, God. When we do some of what God wants us to do, we say we are obeying God. We obeyed God. We obeyed the Lord. But again, Ladies and gentlemen, God doesn't want only some of his obedience or of your obedience. I said that backwards. God doesn't want only some of your obedience. He wants all of your obedience. Saul thought, ladies and gentlemen, Saul thought that he obeyed God. He thought he obeyed God by, ladies and gentlemen, only doing some of what God said. He only did some, not all. Because what did he do? He obeyed God some by only killing some of the Amalekites, sparing King Agog and sparing the sheep the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good. God said not to spare. Don't spare anything, he says. Do not. Do not spare them, and do not spare any sheep, oxen, camel, donkey, nursing child, infant, woman, or man. That is us sometimes. We think, we, we think just because we're doing some of what God said, that we obeyed God. No. God wants total obedience. God bless you, Brother James. Good to hear, have, hear from you. God bless you. How are you today, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, today, as you hear, we're talking about disobedience and their consequences. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. We talked about... Last time we talked about obedience and why we should obey God, but today we're talking about disobedience and what happens when we don't dis when we don't obey God. So disobedience, and right now I am talking about that Saul thinks or thought that he obeyed God by doing only some of what God told him. We're on for. First of Samuel 15, where Saul spared King Agog and he spared the animals. And God told him not to spare anything or anyone. And I'm saying, Brother James, and I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with me, that when God speaks, when God says to do something, he doesn't only, do, he doesn't only mean to do some of what he, of what he said. We have to obey God in every little detail. Absolutely. Every detail. <laughs> and, and, and that's us sometimes. I'm saying that that's us. That sometimes we say, I did some of what God said, so I obeyed God. I'm doing some of God's work, so I'm obeying God. Uh, what do you think about that, Brother James? 
You might say that you might need to say that again, Brother James. I don't think they heard you. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know what? I'm I'm you're right. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it again. So what God said and what we do as people, we in the middle of that try to find a shortcut and we think we're gonna get a full blessing from God. That's right. That's right. Because we've only did a piece of what he said or a portion of what God told us and think that's full obedience. No, that just means you listened Amen. and obey him. Because if you obeyed him, you would have followed every word down to the point. Amen. You would have followed the sentence down to the period. That's right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't try to find a shortcut thinking that it's the best, it's the best way for you because it's easy. That's right. So we, 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 more times than others, try to find a shortcut for everything. And that's just right. doing it the full way. Hmm. So, you that's, are just, that's just my point of view. Amen. Just stop trying to find shortcuts. Amen. <laughs> that's exactly what Saul did, was found shortcuts around what God told him to do. He was like, oh, if I do most of what God tells me, I'm going to obey God. I obeyed God. This is what he said to Samuel. Verse 13 says, Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord, because I have performed the commandment of the Lord. His mind told him, you did what God told you. But I can, I can imagine his spirit telling him, no, nah, dude. <laughs> Only some of it. Only some, not all. We he found the shortcut. Sam uh, Saul did the shortcut, and like just like Brother James just said, he tried to look for the easiest way, the the most right. easiest parts of what God tells us to do. I mean, here, here here's my thing with 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 King Saul in general. My my point of view of King Saul is that he is absolutely, if not the laziest person in the Bible, he has got to be one of the top lazy people. Ouch. <laughs> I'm 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 sorry. I'm 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 sorry to say that, but that just that seems to be like the image that King Saul wants to portray. He just wants to portray that. He becomes king, and then he gets super lazy. Yeah. You're right, because so, if you read, if you read the book of Samuel, after King Saul was appointed king, um, he, he started doing, he started obeying God, uh, but then... But then, as time went on, he started, as you said, finding shortcuts and only doing some of what God said and disobeying the rest. If you read, the book of Samuel says that he, more than once, more than this, more than only this time when he spared the animals and the king, this is not his first time disobeying. If you read before, he's, he's disobeyed, ladies and gentlemen. Saul has disobeyed God once and twice before. So in a way... Brother James has a point. He he has become lazy after uh, after God appointing him um, king. King Saul was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do what I think is right, and not own, uh, and I'm not gonna do what God wants." Exactly. 
I'm just going to do the parts that I think are the best or the easiest, as Brother James said. Amen. I agree. I completely agree. But Samuel, verse 14, said, What then? If you obey the Lord, he says, What then is the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. So King Saul thought to himself, I'm going to just do this, and then the rest of the sheep I'm going to kill anyway in a sacrifice. So that's kind of obeying God. Isn't that us sometimes? I'm going to do it like this, and, and, and I'm doing something of the same thing, so I'm kind of obeying God. Right. That's us a lot of times. It is, or... or we sometimes do it like this. We figure, well, like, well, if I hide this piece <laughs> and I take care of this piece, then it looks like I did everything, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Like, like if if you don't see it, you don't know it's there. <laughs> That's right? right. But fine. Yeah. That's right. And it, it, it it's like it's just. I mean, if if God had modern reactions, he'd probably be like. Why? <laughs> like you, 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 know I can see you putting it behind that tree. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you know I see you hiding it in your garage behind the boxes, right? Yeah. Like you, you know eventually you're gonna have to move that. You yep. know, at some point, because now you're just making twice as much work. Oh yes. <laughs> Amen. So, so here. Here's what we don't think about when we try to we try to do half of the work. We try to do half of the work thinking that, okay, well, if I do it in 20 minutes, I'm fine. I can sit down and just watch TV and channel surf the TV guide. Oh, yeah. I won't have to worry about it later. But then you get consequences because not only do you have to complete the first task, that God gave you, but you now took that first task and you ended up hiding it behind other stuff. So now you have to move everything in front of it and then you still have to move the items from the first task. That's right. It's like it goes back to it goes back to Jonah trying to flee. I can imagine God saying, um, you do know I still see you, right? <laughs> <laughs> like Jonah trying to flee from the presence of the Lord. Like he forgot, like I said before, he forgot. That, oh, okay, yeah, he forgot that God was everywhere, that God saw him. Jonah forgot and he tried to flee to Tarshish away from the presence of God. Here's another example, ladies and gentlemen. Here's another example of not reading or not obeying exactly every detail to what God says. Another example, Numbers chapter 20, verse 7 um, and on. And I will stop at some point. <laughs> but Numbers chapter 20, verse 7, the story of Moses' error, Moses' disobedience, Moses' mistake. Numbers chapter 20, verse 7. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water from them, for them out of the rock, and give to, give to, to drink to the congregation and their animals. But what did Moses do? Verse 9. So Moses took the rod before the Lord as he commanded him. That's good so far. Verse 10. And Moses and, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. 
And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, must we bring you water for, for you out of this rock? So far, so good. He gathered the congregation with his brother Aaron. Okay, so far. Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod and water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank. Wah, wah. <laughs> there was the mistake, ladies and gentlemen. This is, uh, again, this is another example as to not, ladies and gentlemen, obeying in detail to what God says. Every detail. God said what? Speak to the rock and it will yield its water. Then you shall bring water for them out of the rock. Give the drink to the congregation and their animals. But what did Moses do? He struck the rock twice. With his rod. Not once. <laughs> Twice. So not only did he. Not only did he not think. He didn't think twice. <laughs> he didn't think. That's right. Mistake. That was. That was his. That was Moses's error. That was Moses's mistake. One of my one of one of one of a very interesting and one of my favorite stories of the Bible because it shows you, ladies and gentlemen, that we must obey God, as I said, to every detail. Every detail. Not just some, all of it. All every little detail God wants us to obey. But what would we do? Brother James just said it. We cut we go through shortcuts and say, oh, I'm, I'm sort of obeying God. I'm obeying God. I think I'm obeying God. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm obeying God. No. Right. When you know you're obeying God, and you know when you know you're obeying God, you know you, when, you obe when you have obedience in your life, complete obedience is when you touch or go into a place or a store or when you touch something, and it becomes blessed. Everything you touch is blessed. That's when God is happy with you. That is when God is is added is is proud of you, if you will. When you obey Him to the fullest, everything you touch is blessed. Everything, everywhere you go in, becomes blessed. Every person you talk to, they'll be like, you have something. You have a glow. You have a high spirit. You have God in you, and God is proud of you. I can see it in your face. I can see it. You won't have to tell them you're Christian. You won't have to tell them that you're a child of God, that you're a man of God, that you're a woman of God. God himself will show them. He will be so proud that he will... The Bible says we'll exalt you to the highest, to the fullest. God will exalt you. He will put you on high, if you will. When God is proud of you, he will put you in high places. Places where your enemies cannot even think to touch you. That is when God... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I mean, to cut you off. Um, but it, it seems like where you were going with it was, it literally brings sense to the term, actions are louder than words. Amen. That's right. So, you don't even have to say anything. People can see what you do. Amen. And it speaks volumes. Amen. That's right. That's when you obey God to the fullest. That's when you obey God, God's commandments as much as possible. Not cutting shortcuts. Not saying, oh, I think I'm obeying God. Or this is some of what God said. I'm doing some of what God said. No, 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 no. We have to do all of what God says. God said to Moses, speak to the rock. 
Moses disobeyed by striking the rock twice. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, emphasize that. Twice. Not only did he disobey once, he disobeyed the second time by hitting again. Right. But see, here's, but see, here's the thing about Moses. And this is what kind of gives us hope as people. Is that even though Moses made a mistake by striking a rock twice, mm-hmm. <laughs> he learned his lesson when he was on top of the mountain giving the people the commandments. Yeah, but the the commandments were back in Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. This is after God gives them the commandments. Right, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, Moses kind of did, like, half and half, but he kept finding, like, redemption along the way. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. He uh, wasn't fully disobeying God. He just had selective moments where he disobeyed God. Yeah, yeah. That's That's the difference, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's the difference... Brother James, and that's the difference, ladies and gentlemen, between God and between Moses and Saul. Moses, right. Moses's first mistake, Moses's mistake was disobeying God there, and that's why God says, "You're not going to enter into the promised land with with your people. I must send somebody else." But that doesn't mean that Moses, ladies and gentlemen, died and went to hell. No, Moses repented and regretted what he did. And he repented, and he asked God for forgiveness. And God forgave him, but he still wasn't allowed into the promised land. Saul, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, Saul disobeyed God, not once, not twice, but a few times. If you read it in the book of Samuel, a few times he disobeyed God, and he regretted it, but did he repent? Because after... The few times that Saul disobeyed, Saul, uh, God said, I'm going to take away Saul's right to the kingdom. I'm going to take away Saul's power to the kingdom and give it to somebody else. Who was that somebody else that, 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 Saul, that, that God gave it to? David. David, ladies and gentlemen, if you remember, before he was king, he was the musician for King Saul. He was the, the, the obeyer of, of God after King Saul. When King Saul disobeyed, David was still obeying God, herding the sheep. You see, de lo vil preciado, as we say in Spanish, from the, from the lowest person God can put on high. David was nothing more than a sheep herder. David was a child, nonetheless, when he was appointed by God to become king. Granted, he had to wait a few years. But he was... But that's fine. But yeah, but that was him waiting in obedience to God. What would have happened if, if David would have disobeyed God or did something against God before he was king? Probably what happened to King Saul. He would would no longer become king. But David continued his obedience towards God. And was exalted on high by by God appointing him as king. And there's also one huge key difference between David and Saul. Go ahead. It's probably the biggest key that we even forget that it's that there or to recognize is that David was humble. Amen. So even though he had to wait to become king, he said that fine, when my time comes around, I know that I'll be ready because I'm going to be humble and I'm going to wait. Amen. And see, Saul didn't want to wait. Saul wanted the crown and throne as soon as he could get his hands on it. That's right. Because if you if you if you picture it in your mind, Saul becoming king 
automatically let us know that all that power went straight to his head. Oh, yes. So, so he, yeah, you're right. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, so Saul literally took, he took abuse of the power immediately after getting the throne. Amen. So he automatically thought he was higher than all in the land. Amen. David had a different approach. David said, no, this, this crown and this throne was given to me by God. Why know that any choosing point, God can take this away? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, my opinion, David had a smart strategy. Oh, yes. David's strategy was stay humble, be obedient, guaranteed blessings. Amen. That's right. And that's that's the key right there, ladies and gentlemen. Stay humble. Just like Brother James said, and thank you, Brother James, for, for, for your opinions today. God bless you, sir. God bless. Always pleasure. Yes, sir. That's the key, ladies and gentlemen. Before we go, that is the key. Staying humble, staying obedient. That is when... Straight up, guaranteed blessings. Guaranteed approval of God's promises. God's promises, we always say this, have conditions. Yes, all of God's promises are for us. But those conditions are we must obey, we must stay humble, and we must do His will. We must Try and try our hardest to do His will. Not cutting shortcuts. Not going around this way, going around that way. Moses and Saul tried to cut shortcuts. Tried to cut shortcuts and say, Oh, I know better than God. Or, or Saul said, I know better than God sometimes. That's what he thought. I don't imagine that's what he thought because that was what we think sometimes too. I, I, I know better than God, so I'm going to do it this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it this way, but I'm still, I'm still going to obey God. I'm still going to obey God by doing it this way. No, there's no shortcuts to obeying God, ladies and gentlemen. There's no shortcuts to obeying God. There's only obey God to each and every detail. Obey God in every detail. Not in just some, not just some detail. Every detail we must obey God. This has been Christian Thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you have been blessed by today's word. May God bless your day, your night, and the rest of your week. God bless, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, we are now listener-supported. If you want to help out, ladies and gentlemen, help us out. Go to anchor.fm slash jct to see how you can uh, how you can help um, and how you can support us financially with this podcast if you, this podcast has blessed excuse me if this podcast has blessed you if this live broadcast has blessed you and you want to bless others you want to help this this podcast bless others please go to anchor.fm/jct and you'll see how you can do that. May God bless your day, your night, and the rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Christian Thoughts.